Chapter 2 Tabitha Springhill was five years old on that beautiful Fourth of July. She had a crooked smile and slightly crooked teeth. She had stunning blue eyes and long, curly blonde hair that fell just so over her thin shoulders. Her pale skin was slightly red from exposure to the bright sun during the long, tedious parade. In fact, she'd almost fallen asleep, but the roar of the Zim-Zim's routine had awakened her. She'd watched them with wide-eyed fascination, their little cars zigzagging with practiced precision down Pennsylvania Avenue. Surrounded by all of Wren Township, she'd joined them in cheering the Zim-Zims on. Everyone loved the Zim-Zims. Sitting on a swing at Jeffrey's Park, she stared across the grassy expanse to the far corner of Hickory and Forth, where the Elks Club was having a benefit barbecue, a fundraiser for one of their cherished local charities. She could smell the aroma of the food, drifting in the breeze, mixing tantalizingly with the fragrance of Ms. Tittlebaum's magnificently kept roses. Everyone knew Ms. Tittlebaum, and everyone knew what care she lavished on her rose garden. Aside from the often careless citizens who used Hickory Street as their own personal shortcut to downtown, many people took the route specifically to see the gorgeous flowers and perhaps give a smile and wave to their mistress, should she happen to be toiling away in her yard. She lived just that side of the park, right behind the Betts Service Center, where one of the oldest Boy Scout troops in America regularly convened. In fact, as she saw Tabitha and her older brother Marcus stroll hand-in-hand to the playground that day, she'd offered them a bright, cheerful smile and a friendly wave which, of course, they'd thoughtfully returned. Everyone loved Miss Tittlebaum. Mr. Johnston, a widower of nearly twenty years and Boy Scout troop leader for quite a bit longer, was unloading his pickup, eleven boxes of new uniforms and manuals. He performed his task carefully, carrying one box at a time, heeding his physician's strict advice. He was in no hurry to throw his back out again. The manuals were the heaviest, of course. In the heat of the summer day, they seemed a bit heavier than they really were. Thankfully, he didn't have far to go as he hauled them from his vehicle in the small parking lot to the back door of the service center. There were rumors that the old two-story house was haunted, a bit of gossip that the scouts loved to tell and retell. They especially loved to scare the new kids. Mr. Johnston, however, had never seen or heard anything untoward in all his years there. There had been plenty of times when he'd been there alone. As he lugged the last of the boxes out of the bed of his pickup, he noticed little Tabitha sitting alone on the swing set, staring toward the street. He wondered where her brother had gone. He also noticed the man sitting just across the way in the gazebo. He was little more than a blur to old Mr. Johnston even through his brand new glasses. Assuming he was Marcus and Tabitha's father, Mr. Johnston thought nothing of it and finished his chore without so much as a second glance. After all, this was Wren, and nothing unseemly ever happened here. Alan and Shirley Springhill ate burgers and chips at the Elks Club barbecue as they visited with old friends. They'd allowed their children to carefully cross the street to the Jeffreys Park to play. Children were always bored when grown-ups talked about silly things like politics and religion. Who was Ronald Reagan anyways? And the Pope? What a silly name for someone indeed. Summer vacation, cartoons, and music were what they should talk about. Those things really mattered. Every kid knew that. Besides, there weren't any other kids to talk about those things with at the Elks Club. Perhaps they'd all gone home to rest after the parade. It had been really, really long. Some parents hadn't remembered to put sunblock on their kids and they'd burned. There was one little baby who had cried and cried and cried. Poor little thing. 
Musing about the Pope's bulletproof glass cage, Alan and Shirley had long forgotten to occasionally glance over toward Jeffrey's Park to check on their children. Even if they had, since they'd meandered over next to the massive elk statue that dominated the club's yard, they would not have been able to actually see the playground. From their vantage point, it would be hidden by the Bet service center. But it was perfectly okay. This was Wren, after all, and nothing unseemly ever happened here. Ten-year-old Marcus had really had to go. He told his sister he'd be right back and trotted over to the restrooms near the gazebo. He hadn't paid any attention to the man sitting there watching them. It was the Fourth of July, and people were everywhere now that the parade was over and done with. 